This is Marianne Funk with PTU Radio. I recently had an opportunity to sit down and talk with Barrett Ross. Barrett is an organizer with Portland Tenants United. Barrett is living in an RV parked along the streets of Portland, Oregon. In this episode, he talks about living in the RV, the ups and downs that he has in living in the RV along the streets of Portland and the hopes that he has for the city and the way that they will treat people who are living in RVs. He addresses the issue of the housing crisis that we're facing and the work that he's doing with Portland Tenants United. I noticed like right now you're parked on a street. We don't have to really say where. Um, Is this standard for you um, as far as being able to live in your trailer? Yeah, I find spots that um, try to obstruct people's view out their windows. So I try to park along privacy fences or high retaining walls and I just like to find nice residential streets that I could personally see myself living on in some fantasy where I could afford to buy a house in Portland and I can get away with it for the most part. I I have the privilege of having bought a uh, decent looking rig. Right. And how old is how old is your rig? It's uh, 25 years old. 25 years old, which that's also something that I've noticed in this state, especially is that it's difficult to put them into even a trailer park if you wanted to because they're not accepting anything over 10 years right. at this point. So people are kind of, mm-hmm. even if, if it is something that you're wanting to do and, and find a place, you're kind of forced out there anyway. You yeah. Know, so it makes it difficult. So what is the, I want to talk about the upside and the downside of living in your trailer right now and, and mm-hmm. finding places to park. You know, what's the upside for you? Uh, privacy. Um, you know, studio bedrooms are um, basically impossible for working people to afford in this city. Um, if you don't live in your vehicle, you got to pay either at least $600 a month to live in a group home or over... Uh, $1,100 or $1,200 for a studio apartment. Really love having my own space. I haven't, uh, I've never had that before. Right. And then are there downsides to living in your trailer and having to find places to park that where you can stay overnight? Um, yeah. Um, police harassment uh, has been a bit of an issue. How about the neighborhoods that you find? Do you ever have problems with neighbors coming around and saying anything to you? Positive or negative? Um, it's rare. You know, sometimes people just uh, quickly ask how long I'm staying. And if they ask politely, I'll just say a couple days and leave in one or two days. But uh, a few people have been directly rude, including a uh, woman in the Woodlawn neighborhood called the police on me for using her trash can. What did the police say? They left me a business card saying to come in for questioning. And have you done that yet? No. Okay. I, that's ridiculous. They, uh, There's a housing state of emergency in this city, and the police are flagrantly violating that by, uh, you know, even sending an officer out for RV enforcement. I mean, I know that it's illegal to park for more than 24 hours on a residential street, so if they really... Uh, want to do something they could send a parking enforcement officer out but to send uh armed police out to harass our viewers is unconscionable right and especially if you are trying to just kind of keep something cleaned up it sounds like as well in your area because when i walk up i don't see anything outside of your trailer 
Sorry, if there's trash on the ground, I pick it up because I don't want to be associated with that. So do you then every two days drive around to find a new place to to live? Uh, No, I have found a few uh, really good spots that I kept for a few weeks. No one bothering me. It sounds like you've had some fairly decent experiences, though, as far as not having neighbors come out and give you a hard time. Yeah, I was privileged enough to buy a rig with minimal body damage. So it looks respectable in a way. Um, I just, I feel bad for people who have to camp on highways and other louder places because I've tried that and it's really hard to get sleep. It's very nice to have something that looks kind of decent that people won't call the cops on right away. So, you know, because you actually have a working vehicle as well, your your motorhome is yeah. is able to move. So what other ways in which do you, are you using your motorhome um, for yourself and for the community? I am an organizer with Portland Tenants United. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to use the motorhome for actions, um, such as protesting the Apartment Community Excellence Awards. In mm-hmm. Wilsonville. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I, I went there, but I was like, it was very kind of exciting to see what you guys were doing. So. Yeah. It, every year, the landlord lobby in Oregon holds a party. Um, and they used to hold it at the uh, Portland Art Museum. And till last year, when we picketed it and uh, stormed the gates they moved their event down to Wilsonville, hoping to avoid another confrontation for their event this year. And we followed them there. So I brought an RV full of activists and organizers down to Wilsonville, and we uh, gave them a piece of our minds. Right. Let them know that um, we're watching. What do you want them, what, what, what do you hope they're taking from when you're out there and, and, and saying, look, this isn't right what you guys are doing? Um, what are you protesting against when or for when you go and you do that? Um, just their uh, refusal to accept basic regulations on their business, like what exists uh, in California. You know, um, right now, no cause evictions are legal in Oregon. And that's just legalized housing discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, and since there's no rent control and cities are preempted from enacting any kind of rent control, that means that we um, can't even uh, keep people in their homes. Like, that's why we have so many RVers. Right. And so you're with Portland Tenant United. Um, how long have you been act, been um, doing stuff with them, and how did you get involved? I got involved because my rent was too damn high, and because uh, after an exhausting struggle, we lost the battle for a higher minimum wage in Oregon. Um, we got uh, the concession uh, of a slightly higher minimum wage. But we were fighting for 15, and we couldn't get that. So since there was no hope of a serious wage increase for Oregonians anytime soon, um, a lot of my comrades from the fight for 15, 15 now Oregon, 
um, we joined Portland Tennis United, which at that point was only a few months old. A series of public meetings uh, held by our community radio station, KBOO, KBOO 90.7. And uh, it became a real organization. Uh, and it's really blossomed over the last two years and uh, formed several unions inside buildings that have helped keep people housed. Right. Right. And that's so important right now. So, you know, so what are some of the, the, the things that you are doing with them directly? Like, I think they have different um, groups, right? Yeah. Um, the working group that I'm on is called Direct Tenant and Organizing, and that's the group that focuses on uh, contacting uh, tenants, like by going door knocking and finding the buildings where the tenants are most agitated or afraid of becoming homeless, and we um, organize them right. into building-wide unions. And right now we are meeting with tenants at uh, Senator Rodman Rose apartment complex. He's the biggest landlord in the Oregon State Senate, and he was the Democrat who sunk House Bill 2004, which have would have introduced basic California-style uh, rent regulations into Oregon. Do you drive this to work, too, when you go? No, I uh, have a bicycle carrier on the back with a old bike I've had for several years. And how old are you, Barrett? 27. 27. Is this something you see, then, for longer in your life, you know, living in your RV and continuing to do what you do out of it? Yeah. Um, I would... If I find a good driveway to rent um, and get my power and water hooked up, it would be um, really uh, pretty luxurious, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, I would consider that a much better value, paying a couple hundred dollars a month for that than ever getting a studio apartment or moving in with roommates. So, okay, so you did mention your electricity, which I'm glad that you did that. You know, because how do you cook you know how do you have lights for the last few months i've been uh having a issue with the batteries where they don't store power but i've got a solar panel so um everything works in the daytime and at night i can still use all the gas appliances so you know i can uh cook whatever so your stove and your sink and do you have a shower back there does yeah. that all run on your propane my water pump has been working at night because of the aforementioned issue with the batteries. But, oh, yeah. Um, when it's uh, broad daylight, I can get my fans, my music going, some lights, even pump some water. It's like, you know, it can be pretty luxurious at times. No, and actually, I just thought, too, like as far as going to the bathroom, because you're not in an area where you can set up a, a septic pump. Is that what it's called, a septic pump? Yeah. Right. So do you have to go find locations? Yeah, well, that's um, one of the most simple things the city of Portland could do to help our situation is to open up a public dump station, like in Oregon City. Um, you know, Oregon City deserves a lot of credit for having their municipal RV park at Clackamette Park has reasonable rates and a public dump station. And, uh, you know, kudos to the state of Washington for having dump stations at their rest areas. 
Um, but it's not worth the drive all the way up there to do it for free. It's right. better to just go suck it up and go to an RV park and pay 10 or 15 bucks. So at this point then, I'd just kind of like to open the floor for you to be able to talk about some things that maybe you feel people need to know. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'd also like to ask you to maybe address the people who are living in communities where the neighbors aren't so nice mm-hmm. and they're trying to push them out there. So maybe we could start with that a little bit. And if you had a chance to talk to some of those neighbors who are saying, you know, we don't, we're looking around, we're seeing all these RVs in, in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Crime has gone up because of um, garbage, mm-hmm. drugs, you know, because that is the assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you like to say to them about the people who are moving into the neighborhood on, in the trailers? This nation, like all nations, is in a perpetual state of class warfare. And the um, you know, in addition to the primary contradiction of the bourgeoisie versus those who work for a living, there's also the contradiction of those who own land and those who don't. And I, the woman who called the police on me for using her trash can, I believe, is a tenant. She lives in a duplex, and uh, she told me she pays too much to live in her neighborhood and look at my vehicle. And I would say to her that um, tenants and RVers are in the same class. And we're all struggling against those who are hoarding land and apartments. Is there anything you'd like to add to what we've spoken about or to your situation um, that I haven't maybe addressed in a question? Um, no, I, I would just... Uh, appeal to the city of Portland um, to do the right thing like several towns in Silicon Valley have and uh, legalize RVs on public streets. We have tens of thousands of public parking lanes and to you know deny that to our viewers is to go against the spirit of our housing state of emergency, which we've officially been under in Portland for every year now. All right. Well, um, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today and actually also giving me a ride because I did go up with you guys when you mm. went up there to Wilsonville. Oh, yeah. and it was really quite exciting to see what you guys were doing and the importance of it in the community. And even I'm seeing that as well, you know, living in the community home we are in and looking for a place to live mm-hmm. for after. Um, you know, my husband and I were older, you know, we have the potential to earn income, but not the kind of income if we were in our 20s and that time that we need after. So it's it's a little bit more difficult to really look at where to go after that. So I like the idea of an RV or a trailer, you know, buying a little piece of land somewhere and just mm-hmm. kind of be in it because it seems like this does give you some freedom as well, you know. Yeah. So cool. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you.